Hey everyone, this is Arnold Bion with Warm Welcome. Welcome back to another episode. Today we are sitting down with Chef Ria Dali from Petit Peso. It's a Filipino restaurant here in downtown LA. I've been there a few times myself. It's a terrific restaurant. Their layout is more like a bowl where you choose an entree and a few sides. And I'm just really excited to be sitting down with Ria today talking about her Asian American experiences. She was notably a squirrel for quite a while as a chef de cuisine there. So she'll be sharing some stories about her time there. And I am so happy for her that she is doing the food and presenting the food that she grew up with and is sharing it with the world. So really, really, really happy about that. And um, she has some really exciting news as well that you'll hear towards the end of the episode. So hope you enjoy this weekly welcome episode and I'll circle back in a little bit. My family and I moved to the U.S. to um, to Glendale when I was around six years old. And um, yeah, we lived in Glendale for about a year. You know, it was kind of, actually not kind of, it was an incredible culture shock to come from, you know, Filipinos, like a lot of like other, um, you know, immigrants, we come from large families, um, large family units, which, you know, we had a big one back in the Philippines. So to go from, you know, family, extended family to just the five of us in Glendale where no one speaks the language except, you know, for us, um, you know, was very jarring, was very, you know, it was, it was a culture shock. I remember, and, you know, seeing videos and like, um, like tape recordings of me being very outgoing and chatty. And my mom would tell me these stories of how I would like take my siblings out to company they would have over and introduce them and just be like, you know, this cute little host. And then I get to the U S and, you know, it's, it's like, everything to nothing. And then I just kind of like pulled in and became very introverted, um, which, you know, and I, I didn't understand a lot of this growing up, but like looking back now as an adult, it's like, yeah, it was, it was a very <laughs> trauma, you know, traumatic experience. Yeah. I mean, cause you came when you were six, right? Six years old. Mm-hmm. So you definitely, yes. cause I, I moved here when I was six too from Korea. So I can, I can relate. I'm sure you still have like memories of the Philippines, right? Yes. Yeah, very much. Right. And so one of the things I read is because you were, you know, the oldest of three, I, I read that you, you helped out a lot, which, you know, I, I only have one younger sibling, so not as I didn't have to be as responsible as you, but uh, I read that you had to help make family dinner. So is that kind of like where your interest in food started uh, naturally or where did that kind of come from? Um, I, I definitely think that that was kind of like um maybe not a catalyst but kind of like the start you know um in you know filipino culture gender roles are still you know are still very much a thing so being the oldest and you know being female it was you know go help your mom go help your dad um oddly enough my dad was more of the cook um in our family, yeah, he was a you know. No offense to my mom, lover and all, but you know, my dad is definitely <laughs> the better, the better cook. I would say between the two, and you know, I mean, I learned from both of them. They both cooked, but you know, when it comes to um, you know, like learning from or you know, growing up and having to uh, um, you know, kind of help out, it was yeah, it, it was pretty much that. It was like go help your mom, go help your dad, you know, get dinner ready. And, you know, you're 
you know, I, w- I was young. And so, you know, obviously I would rather play outside. And so a, a strange kind of like happy accident that came from that whole thing too was inadvertently learning time management. Cause you know, I'm like, I don't know, 10 years old, you know, 12 years old. I want to go play outside with my siblings and with my friends but I have to uh, peel like two pounds of shrimp, clean and peel two pounds of shrimp for dinner. And so it's like, ah, oh, how do I figure out how to do this fast? <laughs> but like, but like correct, you know, cause then they'd be like, no, you miss a spot or, you know, you got to get this, you know? Um, yeah. I, I figured out from a very young age how to do things quickly and how to do things correctly because I wanted to do other things. That's amazing. Cause I feel like you, you got a head start on Mise en Place, the concept of Mise en Place, huh? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> You're a prep cook. <laughs> <laughs> you call me like came in the morning to peel shrimp. That's crazy. Um, okay. So that's awesome. And then you in, ended up going to culinary school. And I think it probably coincided with uh, at the time, I feel like PBS was coming onto the scene. Food network was coming onto the scene. So this idea of, being a chef was pretty romantic at the time, right? Um, it was, you know, uh, like you said, PBS Food Network was still kind of more, uh, they took more of like, um, uh, not, I don't know how to describe this, but it was like a more instructional yeah. approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, not kind of like, you know, what it's turned into. Um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, the, Chocolate Circus, Jacques, uh, you know, Jacques Torres, and, you know, like those kinds of shows um, I would watch growing up. I mean, I think there were also some, like, food movies that were out at the time. Um, Like, I saw, like, Water for Chocolate in high school, and that was very romanticized and also, like, still one of my favorite books to this day that, like, kind of got me into it. But I also, I don't know, I also kind of had... A more level head, you know, for for a young person, where I knew that that wasn't, you know, like I had a feeling that it wasn't just going to be like all like, you know, romance and all of that stuff. So that's good. That's good. And so mm-hmm. it's crazy though because you ended up in Las Vegas, MGM Las Vegas, which is like, I mean, that's where that's where the star-studded restaurants are. You know, that's all the that's where all the celebrity chefs and well-known chefs open up there. The property so I, I would love to hear more just about your experiences there yeah so the mansion was unique because um at the time it was um it was kind of like you know the mansion catered to i think 11 i don't remember it's been so long but like like 11 or 15 villas private villas and usually it was um uh guests that were invite only so yeah so you know and but sometimes they would have events like uh oh my gosh um lunar new year was always you know this like huge like lavish production um and so you know as the first kitchen that i worked in my first two years um you know of of my career it was very cool because so okay so there were actually two kitchens there was a chinese kitchen and then there was our french continental kitchen that i was in um and it was cool to kind of when we were slow and you know the chinese kitchen was like cranking out some really incredible food um it was really cool to just like walk over there and 
you know, I didn't speak their language and they didn't know very much English either. So we just kind of communicated like, how do you do that? And I would like watch them, you know, um, and it was very cool. Um, but then, you know, on our side, we got to, um, I got to experience some really high end ingredients. It was the first time I had all the different kinds of caviar, caviar tasting, um, you know, first foie gras, uh, you know, all the truffles, you know, came through there just because their, um, there was an incredibly high budget, you know, it, it was pretty much like, you know, whatever the guests wanted, um, they got, and, you know, we got to make, so it was very cool to kind of experience that as, as, as my first gig there. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even think about that and, and didn't put it into consideration, but I think that's true because most restaurants don't have the money or the backing to have a dedicated HR team. If anything, you know, the GM is the HR person or, you know, they're just trying to maximize who they have right now. So that makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, one of the curiosities I had is as you're working at these amazing restaurants, right. Um, that have a great history and tradition. Did you ever have any other goals for yourself in terms of like, were you aspiring to open your own restaurant or what, what motivated you during this time? Or was it just kind of getting pushed up and getting promoted along the way? Like what, what was your kind of North star? So I always knew from the very beginning that I wanted to open my own place. Um, and my time, because I was out in Las Vegas for five years, my priority out there was just soaking up and learning as much as I could. Um, you know, different techniques, different, you know, ingredients and that sort of thing. Um yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I always knew that I wanted a, my own place, but I, I just, you know, I kind of left it open because I didn't, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to open up a like a French restaurant or like an Italian restaurant or anything like that. I uh, I just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was because I didn't want to let myself down, um, but I just wanted to keep it open um, and kind of like let where I you know, let what I've learned and, you know, where I would end up traveling, you know, kind of like let that dictate, you know, and also kind of like watching the trends and watching what people were interested in, um, kind of like dictate which direction. I mean, what a, what a journey, rocket ship, whatever you want to call that <laughs> experience there. <laughs> you know, there, obviously there's a lot that came out of that, um, in the press and media, but I mean, you worked your way up to, you were the CDC there, uh, you were doing some specials. I, I kind of want to hear about this. Like what were the specials that you were doing? Was that an opportune time for you to kind of like test out your Filipino cooking a little bit more? Like, I'm just curious. You know, once we got the menu um, to like a good place and kind of sorted out our prep situation with that, you know, that left a lot of uh, open time to kind of explore menus and, you know, plus, you know, menus or sorry, sorry, specials. Um, specials are kind of, you know, as you know, it, it's a fun, it's a fun place to kind of like flex and experiment a little. Um, and so I, at this point, I was starting to see um, kind of, you know, like really understanding um, like cooking uh, methods and how, you know, like, oh, uh, we used to make kare kare, but I wonder if we could like 
turn it into terrine or, you know, just basically like turn things on their head, like what I had known growing up eating. Um, of course, it started off kind of simple. I think I did, I forget if it was chicken or pork, but I put on an adobo special and um, I didn't call it adobo. Um, it was just like a braised chicken with bay leaf, soy and black pepper. And uh, I, I remember John Hamm came in one day and ordered the special. And I was, I was super stoked. I'm like, oh my God, did John Hamm just really order the adobo? Um, and, you know, he poked his head into the kitchen, like after he, he had eaten and he said he loved it. And I was just taken back as like, yo, if John Hamm likes this, maybe more people will really like Filipino food. Um, you know, and so it's just that kind of like started the whole, cause it was, it was really simple. It was literally braised chicken adobo over rice and like some scallions. So it was not, you know, it was kind of like not, uh, not, um, I don't want to say improved upon, but, um, reworked, I guess. I don't know. It was a very straightforward presentation. Um, and yeah, that kind of like led way to making kare kare, which is a braised peanut oxtail stew, um, seasoned with fermented shrimp paste. Um, and then like, uh, and then, you know, typically over rice or with the steamed rice cake called puto. Um, but I, I don't know. I, cause I, I know I like, I knew that, um, you know, oxtail had a lot of collagen and a lot of like, you know, aspect that you could like pull from it. And so I thought, what if I made an oxtail terrine and then kind of did like a rice, rice, peanut, uh, flat bready cracker kind of situation. And yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, just like, um, like shredded bok choy, uh, dressed in like a bagoon, like vinaigrette with like a lot of citrus to counterbalance the, the funk. And, you know, so I braised the oxtails, I, I plucked the meat from them and I really, really reduced it until, um, you know, till I got meat jelly, poured it in a terrine mold and was like, holy crap, this is working. <laughs> um, and, you know, is obviously very, very experimental um you know as young cooks do you kind of make things a little bit more complicated than you really need to um you know you know you're you're young you know I was young I was I was wanting to you know make something and you know do something really interesting and different um and I think I don't know I'm this older like Filipino looking man walked in and I saw him order it. I don't think I called it kare kare either. I think I called it oxtail terrine, but he saw the bagoong like citronette and, you know, the rice cracker and he ordered it. And I immediately just like my whole body clenched because I was like, oh my God, he's going to like, no, this is kare kare. And this is like, so not what, you know, so far removed from like what he knows it as. And he came back after eating it and kind of like, looked around the kitchen a little bit we made eye contact and I smiled at him and he was like did you make that special and I said yes did you enjoy it and he said is that supposed to be kare kare and I said yeah and he's like that was really good that was really unique 
um, keep going. And so, you know, it, it's a memory that I kind of remember just this like stranger that, you know, made that comment about it. And, you know, again, that also kind of fed into the, what else can we do? Um, you know, like, and, and kind of like refocused, you know, my brain back onto like, oh, what can I do? That's like, you know, it, it's cool. People like Filipino food. Um, and it's weird because like I didn't call it the names of the dishes to kind of um, pull people in a little bit. And it was also that it was also like the time where people were not really calling dishes names you were kind of just like going off like the prominent flavors off of each dish. Um, yeah. And so I kind of like use that to my advantage where, you know, what can I make that's Filipino that I know is really good. But, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have never tried before or would otherwise not order if I called it that. Um, and so that was kind of like a turning point where it's just like, people are really into this. You know, let's see. I wonder how far I can take this kind of thing. Got it. So it, it kind of like inadvertently became a testing ground to see which items would hit and, and be received well with the crowd too, huh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And... Just for this transition, because I did read that you met your current, you have two business partners in, in your current restaurant. Um, mm -hmm. They reached out to you through Instagram, which I freaking love because I do that all <laughs> the time as I did with you. Yeah. Um, so were you working at Squirrel when they had reached out to you or were you transitioning out? Like how, how did this come to be? Uh, so I was long gone from Squirrel at that point. I think it was maybe 2018. Um, and I left Squirrel 2014. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I was working at another kitchen. I was, uh, heading the kitchen at Paramount Coffee Project. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. Um, Sydney based, uh, yes. group. Yep. And yeah. And, you know, it was, it was at a point we had opened up at the row downtown and, you know, as anyone can can tell you the row at the time was very, was very quiet. We thought that, you know, everyone that was down there thought that people would come and check us out. Uh, not just us at Paramount Coffee Project, but, you know, uh, is a collective, uh, the row, but we didn't have the, the foot traffic that we had anticipated. Mm. Um, and so, you know, for me, that kind of made me think a little bit like, okay, well, job security, <laughs> because, you know, like if no one's coming down here, um, you know, do I need to explore another option? Should I have a backup plan just in case? And, you know, I like, for me, I'm, I'm a planner. And so, you know, I, during that time, it's like, well, it wouldn't hurt to have a backup plan. Mm. You know, so I, I kind of looked, but you know, I never like reached out to anybody. Um, and it was just kind of funny that, uh, yeah, I, I had a DM um, one day and, you know, it was Tiffany, uh, one of my partners. She said, hey, um, someone, uh, I forget his name, but um, it was actually a person, a mutual, a mutual acquaintance of okay. ours. Uh, they had uh, recommended... Um, you know, finding me and, and, you know, at least talking to me because um, they were looking for a chef for this project that they um, 
had in mind and were kind of ready to pull the trigger on. Um, and yeah, so she sent me a DM. Uh, I saw that we had another mutual friend uh, and I, I kind of like asked him, <laughs> I'd be like, Hey, Koichi, uh, can you vouch? <laughs> Right, right. Uh, the right. stranger, the stranger from Instagram is reaching out. I, you know, yeah, it's kind it, of like it. one of those too good to be true. Like, yeah, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, so I had a talk with my friend. He said, you know, she was cool. Um, and then so I said, you know, it doesn't hurt to talk anyway. So um I met up with Tiff and Robert, and you know, they kind of we they approached me about you know this concept that they had to do Filipino food and you know uh, neither of them are um, LA locals. Uh, mm. Robert's from Las Vegas and Tiffany is from um, Hawaii. Oh, nice! And yes, and um, you know they thought that LA was the right place. It was you know and this was also the time where you know. Um, my friend's documentary, uh, Alex's documentary, Ulam came out. Mm. Um, and there were a lot of, there was a lot of focus on Filipino food being, you know, quote unquote, the next big thing. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Charles was having his time with rice bar. Uh, my friends, Chad and Chase were just, you know, starting Lhasa, um, you know, and, and, you know, Alvin with, uh, with, um, <clears throat> Excellent, and you know all that stuff. So you know everyone was kind of like getting their start going, um, and you know they wanted to have something similar where you know we would open up this Filipino restaurant, um, and you know and, and you know part of the reason why I said yes. I mean there were many there were many good reasons to say yes to this project. Um, so some of the big ones were that. Um, and the name alone, Peso, um, you know, Robert, my other partner, um, said that, you know, for the longest time and still currently the peso has been undervalued mm. and, you know, this, you know, same thing with our food. Um, mm. whereas a lot of other Asian cultures, you know, their food is, is out there is more well, well known and, you know, is a, um, like a regular rotation to, you know, the non-Asian persons like, Oh, let's go get Korean today. Oh, let's go get Japanese, you know, That's true. um, that sort of thing. It's kind of like in the, in, in the repertoire, like, what do you feel like you, you know, what do you feel like for dinner? Oh, let's go get some Thai food or, you yeah, know, that's true. You don't hear like, like that. Filipino. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, he thought, you know, like the food is undervalued, the, the currency is undervalued. So, you know, we wanted to call this place Peso be to show that there is value, to mm -hmm. show that, you know, it is, you know, worthy of being up there um, and, you know, like worthy to become part of the rotation in people's, you know, craving, you know, cravings and what they want to eat. Um, and I had a, a talk with, uh, I, man, I forget their name. I feel so bad. But I, I had a talk with a friend. Um, in which they asked me like how I felt Filipino food was perceived um, with like the average person. Um, and I said, you know, I, I think Filipino food from my experience with uh, working at Squirrel and creating some of the specials I did there that were Filipino influenced, um, 
it it seems to me that people like Filipino food. They just don't know that it's Filipino food yet. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I met with Robert and Tiffany and, you know, they have this, uh, this really great angle on the name and, you know, what they want to do with Filipino food. Um, it was very much along the lines of what I wanted to do for Filipino food and, you know, just kind of showcase like where, you know, our food is vibrant our our food is, is bold, um, unapologetic. It's, you know, it's a lot of vinegar. It's a lot of like funky, like fermented stuff. And, you know, I, you know, not, I don't want to like rank it or whatever, but I just want to show people that it's also good and you should also consider it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that was like one of the big reasons why, and, you know, we we're all coming from the same place in terms of how we wanted to approach this Filipino restaurant uh, that we wanted to create together. Um, and when we opened, um, when we decided to finally do it was 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Almost exactly two years from now. Yes. Yeah. Um, and oh my god so we finally <laughs> i think we get to you know we get to um okay well okay so let me pull back a little bit so once we were all kind of like are we going to do this yeah. because you know they're like it, we have a good thing going you know i did a couple tasting menus for them and they're like this is this is the approach we have been looking for and i said great because this is the food that i want to cook mm. um and so you know it was it, it felt meant to be and you know like you know thank you instagram dms <laughs> you <know? laughs> seriously you know <laughs> it's strange but it ended up we ended up syncing up and you know it was we both kind of understood and you know like we're all we all had the same perspective and so you know like shit, do we do it? We were talking with someone else who uh, was a potential place for a space to open up in the arts district. Um, and, you know, that would have been a larger project. It would have been like a hybrid indoor-outdoor space. Wow. Um, and would have sat up upwards to 100 people, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, obviously is a huge um well, I guess for LA restaurant standards, that's, that's on the larger side of restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, unfortunately that fell through. And so that kind of left us with, okay, well, do we wait a little bit? Do we stay where we are? Cause we all had, you know, we all had other jobs at the same time. And, and then, you know, Charles's old rice bar spot opened up. I believe it was Baon at the time with um, Chef AC. Um, and that spot opened up. And mm. so we thought, we're like, hey, you know, this space is opening up. Should we? I mean, we can start small. You know, it, it might be a good, you know, kind of like, you know, we can always work our way up. We can't always, you know, it's not as easy to scale back. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we thought, yeah, why not? Let's, you know, let's do, you know, there's good foot traffic along seven. There's, you know, a lot of businesses down there, a lot of people walking 
to and from the jewelry district. Uh, the subway's right there. There's a bus line right there. So we thought that, you know, it was a, a great location. And so um, signed a lease, uh, kind of took over uh, the lease that was presently there. It was a T, uh, well, sorry. Um, yeah, pretty much took over the lease. And uh, we wanted to open up um, Valentine's Day 2020. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you know, Corona, Corona, that's right when coronavirus started. Um, and we actually had to push back. Um, I don't know. I, I think, you know, from February to April, we pushed back our opening. Yeah. February 2020. Yeah. I mean, you were probably yes. you like ready to go. It was just like COVID was the one thing that stopped you guys from opening. Yeah, we were ready to go. We had um, the interior was complete. Uh, we had it designed um, to be, you know, you walked in, there were a couple, I think maybe like five, six stools, um, five to six seats inside um, a walk-up counter um you know a kitchen window where the cashier could just turn around and grab the food and uh, yeah um you know and then you know you can walk out the other door and you know go on about your day but yeah so like we were all ready to go like we yeah had picked a date to open and all of that and um yeah uh covid was becoming strong you know a stronger and stronger presence and it you know it was just kind of like do we open? I mean, we knew we wanted to open, but you know, it was, do we wait and see what every, yeah. When is the right time? Do we kind of maybe see what other restaurants are doing? You know, it, it, we were kind of in a, um, we were lucky that we hadn't opened yet because we got to see how people were, you know, I hate, I hate this word, but how people were pivoting. <laughs> I, I know. I read that. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, like seeing what people were doing and people were uh, doing that, like little markets, trying to sell produce, you know, takeaway and. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, we actually had to rework our menu. Um, initially it was, it was supposed to be a lot of, like to order things, you know, we were supposed to be open for breakfast and lunch. And so we had, you know, breakfast sandwiches made to order, um, you know, lunch items made to order kind of thing, but it got to the partner. It's like, well, what do we do? Um, And then we thought of family meals and, you know, kind of like pulled back on a lot of the mom and pop stuff where, you know, the Toro Toro joints where, you know, you can get a la carte stuff. And so we thought, well, why don't we do family meals? Mm. Um, you know, pick, you know, X amount of entrees and then you, it comes with these sides and, you know, it's like a set price kind of thing. And, and, um, you know, we kind of turned to that and that actually turned out to be our, um, like one of our largest or like you know, one of our most popular items was the family meal. Cause one, people got to try, at least five different things with the two entrees, the lumpia, the rice, you got rice and pancit. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we had to switch everything up to takeaway and things that would travel well. So that meant getting rid of a lot of, 
um, a lot of like the make, you know, the, the made to order items, unfortunately took a back seat. Um, and so, you know, we kind of got into making braises uh, and things that would hold and travel well. Um, Cause a lot of, you know, there was no dine-in people were picking up or getting their food delivered. And so, you know, you can't have a salad and then <laughs> have it wilt next to, you know, something really hot. So, right. Yeah, so we had to, yeah, it was a, a big overhaul of the menu. I, I think we had to do that a couple times. Yeah. Just to kind of, you know, adjust to what people were doing. Well, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because thank God you went with the smaller 500 square feet space, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, when when the proverbial shit hit the fan, it turned into, man, this was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, I mean, this is like your prototypical COVID restaurant, right? You, you've been operating mm-hmm. in COVID-19. Um, yeah. So crazy to say, but there's one quote that you said that, that I really loved and really stood out from the page, which is life without risk is a life without growth. And I would say, given what I, the little nut that I know about you right now, I just feel like this was such a big risk for you as a, as a person, as a chef, as everything. Um, but looking back, like, would you do anything differently? Are you, ha- are you kind of, I don't know if happy is the right word, but like if you were to reflect on the last two years and you know, what's ahead, like, how, how do you feel at this moment in time? You know, you said, are you happy? But actually I am, I'm, I'm, you know, even with all the twists and turns that were, you know, everything that's been thrown our way between, you know, the pick, you know, going with the smaller space and with COVID, you know, still around. Um, I think, I think we definitely lucked out with the smaller space. I think, you know, the, the, just the fact that we were able to kind of watch how people adjusted to what was happening um, and had that time to, reconfigure our whole thing out um i i'm actually okay with how everything kind of you know ended up um it was i don't know like i i i honestly don't think i could have done anything differently when when we were talking amongst ourselves you know are we going to open are we not um Cause we can all, you know, stick with, you know, other jobs that are more stable and, you know, um, we could have done that, but, you know, I think the three of us, we were like, we've gone this far. <laughs> we've already kind of laid everything out. Yeah. I think, you know, as, as if we don't try, we'll never know. And, you know, it, it's funny when I was a younger cook, I, my biggest fear was failure. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm, you know, in my later thirties, now it, now my biggest fear is not trying. Mm. Um, you know, and, and that's where the whole like life without risk is, is, you know, I totally forgot the, <laughs> the line that I said. Um, what was it again? A life without risk. We gotta, we gotta get a like tattooed. I like, I love it. Life without risk no. is a life without growth. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I mean, cause you, you'll, you, 
ugh, sorry, tongue twister. Um, I mean, you honestly can never know if you never try. Yeah. So, 100%. yeah. So that, you know, that kind of, and, and also I'm, I'm stubborn thanks to my dad. Um, <laughs> And the whole, like, well, we have to do this and no, we're not going to fail. And, you know, because I don't want to fail and I, you know, like, we're going to make this happen. And I, you know, everyone was on board. Everyone was like, okay, let's do this. Let's at least try. Um, and yeah, I think, I think, you know, I, I don't think it's delusional at all. Like the, the, you know, I I don't want to accept failure and I don't, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go down fighting, whatever. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that mentality. Whatever that means, you know, it's, it's oh. just like, I don't want to give up and, and I don't, you know, I at least want to give it, you know, a hundred percent every day. You know, I just, cause I, I, it's important for us to, it's important for us to, you know, bring Filipino food into the spotlight and show that it's, you know, it's a very good thing. And, you know, and, and, you know, having, or coming from a big family and having a lot of um, family gatherings that centered around food growing up, it was, you know, it was, food was around for everything, for Mm -hmm. celebrations, for graduations, birthdays, even funerals, you know, even all the bad stuff, food was there. So food was comfort. Mm. And, you know, during the time of COVID when no one knew what was going to happen, oh my God, are we going to stay indoors forever now? Like, you know, the one thing we knew we could bring was comfort. And for me, you know, mom's cooking, dad's cooking was always comforting. And that's why, you know, I wanted to try and, you know, if, if, you know, even with all this uncertainty around us, um, and there was one thing we knew we could bring and that was comfort. That was awesome. That's definitely going to be the quote right there. That's, that's the, that's the <laughs> teaser. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I mean, I, it, it's, it's been really cool to just read about your journey and now hearing about it too. I just feel like it, it's it, an interesting, like full circle moment, right? Kind of coming in. Mm-hmm into grips with your heritage and your roots and your identity. And I think uh, I totally understand about like elevated because that's what a lot of people use, right? Elevated Korean, elevated, da, da, da. but I think it's more yeah. a reinterpretation through your lens, right? Because it seems like the food you're cooking is obviously an extension of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you classify yourself as a Filipino American. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the matter of fact is like, there's still so much room for Filipino food to, to grow and, I, th- I still think there's not many out there that, that kind of cater to the modern audience, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm really happy that you're doing it. Uh, you're, you're doing it really well. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan. So that was really awesome for me to Thank hear. Um, yeah. And, you know, one last thing I want to end on is, is, especially with this year, I know there's still like a lot of uncertainty and whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, what are some things you're looking forward to? You have any goals for yourself or the restaurant this year? Yes. Um, so we are actually coming up on the end of our lease, um, oh. which is very exciting. Uh-huh. And so I think uh, given that definitive, you know, like finish line for us um, in the current spot where we're at, um, 
you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of forcing us to like pull back a little bit um, because what we would like to do now that we've kind of found our footing and mm. really found, you know, like what kind of like cooking styles and, you know, the kind of approach we want to take. Um, we are starting to refocus on maybe going back on the initial we weren't supposed to be called petite peso first of all right right yeah so it was always peso and so um i think now our perspective is shifting to peso and what wow you know like our our initial approach to what we were going to do um in the first place so yeah so we're kind of you know like we're looking for a space. We're looking for um, a new home, essentially. And so that is what we're very excited about because, you know, oh my God, the things that we want to do, um, you know, with a proper sit down, with a patio, with, you know, with bar service, um, you know, pairing food with wine and, you know, beer or, you know, having cocktails, you know, that sort of thing. Robert's background is, um, you know, he's RGM, but he is also, um, you know, he, he's very knowledgeable with wines and drinks, um, you know, and, and that was one of the things that we really clicked on early on was, you know, pairing things and showing like, yeah, you know, if, if you can pair like French or Italian food with some really great wines, you can do the same thing. And I know, you know, like, uh, Chase is doing that at La Cita now and it's incredible and it's just kind of like you know a small peek and in, into really what Filipino food can bring to you know the selection out there especially here in LA yeah yeah wow no that, that's awesome that's a really really big news is that some, something that you're planning on for this year like your lease is up this year yeah, it's up um, this year. So, you know, if we, the sooner we find a place, you know, we're just going to like move in and, you know, get ready. And we would like to do that. Just, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to stop the momentum, you know? So, wow. yeah, that's, you know, it, that <laughs> it's going to come around a lot quicker than, than, than we think, um, you know, so that's going to be quick, but it's going to be exciting and there's going to be a lot of hard work, but, you know, being cooped up these last two years, I think we're ready to like really get out there and, you know, feed people again. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Weekly Welcome. A special thank you to Chef Ria for being on the podcast. Um, it was terrific to be able to try your food and be happy to go on National Lupia Day, which was amazing. Um, But in any case, wishing you the best with everything that's to come. And as for everyone else, we'll see you next week on Weekly Welcome. Thanks.